best week. Anyway, have you done anything interesting recently? Honestly, nothing. This this quarantine time has just been great for watching Netflix, I won't lie. <laughs> and just getting through yeah. things. It's the one thing I'd take away from it. <laughs> we said it last time, but I say it again, like, I've been able to watch so many things I haven't been able to previously. I, yeah, like, for example, yesterday I, w- I watched the new uh, Justice League film that came out. I think it came out yesterday, or it came out two days ago. The, um, yeah, the new that. animated one. Honestly, I think DC should just stick to their animation. Their animation is so good. Compared to the live-action rubbish as well. Like, the, the stories actually make you sense. Need to, you need to fill me in on this. Yeah, because I, I... Is this... Because you said it's a Justice League film, so I assume yeah. it's part of, like, a series? Well, I mean... <sighs> okay, so you know how just, like, regular comic books. They're all their own thing, but they do have tie-ins with everything else. Well, some some are standalone, you know. Yeah, yeah, some are st- yeah, but as in like DC stuff, right? Like DC's 90%... got standalone. Yeah, but like ninety percent of it is tied in. Killing joke. Okay, the ki- we understand. There's a few, right? There's a few, but like ninety percent of it is continuity. Yeah. Unless they do the reset. Yeah, I think particularly but... like recent stuff all lines yeah. up. Yeah, because they did a reset in like twenty sixty. I don't know. It was a few years ago. Oh yeah, they, they always the do comics. resets. Yeah, I follow yeah, a guy was... who knows so much about him, and he, they always have, like, reruns every, like, few years, it seems. Yeah, they reset everything, and it was called DC Rebirth. So since then, they started the new series on the actual films. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, a continuity that's going... So they started Justice League Dark... A, a, yeah, Justice League Dark series, I think. Around yeah, I'm looking up now. Three years ago or something. So I think this is the second Justice League Dark film. Mhm. And it's basically what's happened after Flashpoint. Do you, are you aware of Flashpoint? I I know of it. Yeah. Where Barry Allen does he changes the past and it affects the future massively. Yeah. So that's what this whole dark universe is about, basically, like the repercussions and all that oh, shit. Oh, like a darker version. Yeah, literally. Could have. Okay, that makes sense. It's quite, it's, I just think it's so much more intricate and just so much well thought of. And it just looks amazing because animation always looks better. <laughs> well, I always think if they're doing the DC films, I always think it's way too hard to catch up with Marvel, even though I don't like those films. I, um, it's like, it's mm, so, they, it's so hard to, to catch get up. Way. Just like do standalones. Like, like, for example, like, like the Joker, like... Just, just do standalones like that. Yeah, I didn't like that either, but um, <laughs> people do. <laughs> Honestly, so like, so this bat is this new Batman Batman film going to be a standalone? Oh, the Robert Pattinson one. Yeah. I swear, so much as like information has come out, but so little has at the same time. It's like it's been teased for like ages now, and all yeah, I I've know seen, is Robert I've Pattinson. Seen, isn't all it? I've seen is Robert Pattinson. I've seen the suit as well. Where I know the guns are the new bat symbol. And that's about it. Do we even know, like, the villain in it? Yeah, we do. It's, um, a mo- basically, it's loads of different ones, apparently. So it's got, like, little bits of the the Joker. Not the Joker. I think the Joker's the one that's not in it. Suicide I think it's going to have, like, Ivy, <laughs> uh, the Riddler. Just loads of the, like, original ones. Like, mm-hmm. Penguin and all that. Yeah. Which I, I like, like Batman cool. Forever. 
I can't even diss Batman forever, man. I grew up on that. That was like the first. That was my first exposure to Batman. Was it? I. I don't think I had one till. I. I think maybe I watched some of the animated stuff like when I was really young. Actually, apparently yeah, the animated series is great. I. I, I kind of want to yeah, watch I've that watched, now. I've watched some of the animated series, not all of it. Yeah, I saw like the Mr. Freeze episode because everyone went crazy about that, and that's amazing. For what it is, I. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I just think DC just do so much better with their animated stuff. Like, when I was younger, I think my favourite animated TV show was that um, Teen Titans. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that, like, manga stuff. Which version was that, do you know? It, it was like a... It was like a... It was animated like a Japanese thing. Or like, Chinese... Sorry, I don't know. In, but it was like... <laughs> it was um, like an old anime. It was animated yeah. like... Yeah, well, was it based off the Marv Wolfman? Because I actually do own, like, a... Deathstroke one, and he like created Deathstroke and Teen Titans, I think. Yeah, I think it might be. It was just, honestly. Let me find it. It was the old Teen Titans. Yeah, look it up. I, I don't remember watching many superheroes. It was Teen Titans two thousand and three. That series. Thing. Oh my gosh, two thousand and three. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Those sixty-six episodes. Five seasons. So good. It looks pretty decent to be fair for 2003. Honestly, the theme tune was the best though. That was the best thing about it. Does that, does that mean you've watched the Teen Titans Go? Of course, <laughs> of course. You know, I watch it every weekend. Jeez, that people hate that shit. I think I've watched one episode and it is literally made for five-year-olds. And I was like, right, okay, let's not. Which is fine. I mean, like. <laughs> I mean, it's one it's way to get them into in it. Yeah, exactly. And you think, and you think the recent one, the Justice League Dark, whatever. Oh yeah, that's good. Apocalypse, spelled in the weirdest way possible. <laughs> what is that? P O K. Jeez, jeez. I don't know. It's got a good rating on IMDb already. I mean, I think it's they not... have a hardcore fan base, don't they? So like, it has. Yeah, it's got. A really hardcore fan base because it's basically the people that are just hardcore about comics it just transfers over basically if you're How hardcore about PC it was just um they just released it straight away onto digital platforms yeah quite a few companies are doing that at the moment I remember getting sent something by someone saying that um I'll get the article up because it's something like isn't like trolls or something to do with that like deciding to start Every time they release something in cinemas, they're also releasing it at home, which is yeah. quite scary, I guess, for current cinemas. Do you remember, um, when was it? It was the first film to do it in England. It was like two months ago. Well, no, it was like three months ago. It was it was a batch. It was The Invisible Man released itself like onto like Sky Store and stuff like that when it was at the cinema mm-hmm. because of obviously the situation. It was that and two other films, and then everyone else has just followed the trend, basically. Because nobody can go out. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been thinking about, like, I've always been thinking, like, yeah, yeah, I want to watch some of these. And people are like, oh, wow, there's no cinemas. What am I going to do? But this is the time of year where you don't really care anyway, so I don't yeah. care that much. Like, I don't want to see Invisible Man in cinema because I know it's going to be a piece of shit. Oh, no, I haven't watched it yet, but apparently it's not even that bad. <laughs> I struggle to believe that. Um, I know a lot of people make. It's got a seven point two. 
It's not too bad. Yeah, I, I, I never I never trust the IMDb horror. People say loads of like the horror films from each year are really good, and they're mm. not usually. I'm trying to think. Did they talk about it on Sardonicast? They didn't, did they? Uh, they might have done with what's her name that came on. I like her. Um, Amanda the Jedi. They may have done it with her. Maybe I can't. There's, there's so many. I did. They all just kind of. Yeah, I seem to one. remember them doing it at once. I don't know. I, I've definitely heard from some other sources that it's not that great. It's yeah. I've definitely heard it's not good. Maybe it was them as well. Yeah, you said you haven't been doing. You haven't been doing much then. Not other except, than watching. Yeah, not really. I mean, I've got a lot of work to do. I've been sharpening up on my editing skills, basically. Just on a. But except from that, basically nothing. I've had a few couple mini projects I'm working on. I've been doing um, a couple lists I'm trying to publish onto the IMDb, my um, personal lists. All right. Uh, I've been doing. I've, I've, I'm still doing my Studio Ghibli one because that's taking forever. I've, oh, I've still oh got... you're ranking all of them? Yeah, I'm ranking all. I'm doing a hundred yeah. words, a pretty good review next to each of them because it's not too long where it's like hard to read, but it's like compact and concise. But man, wording that all down to get it as as concise as possible is... Okay, it's, it's no work. spoilers, but what's your number one Studio Ghibli film so far? You just said no spoilers and then asked a spoiler-filled question. <laughs> well, well, I've seen I've seen twenty-two out of the twenty-three, so. So you can you basically. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's not easy because um well for one the twenty-third one I promised I'd watch with a friend for the first time, which is great at this point because it's not easy doing that right now. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Um, it, they're all on Netflix, yeah. So then you can. There's a thing called Netflix Party. You can watch it with him. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, all of them are on Netflix except this one, which oh. didn't get the rights in it. And that's why, because he said he owned it, so I was like, okay, I'll watch it with you. And then we like swore we'd do it. So I'm kind of pissed now. Um, but it's kind of funny. But it doesn't matter because um, it's what making these lists. What's like fun about them, but also like takes all this time is because I usually have to watch them like twice i usually have to re-watch them listen to the whole spotify soundtrack and like read up on them so it takes quite a long time but it's it's fun i've got a couple people i'm like consulting with talking about they're, they're not that into like analyzing it and stuff but oh yeah they're, they're enjoying the like um, i'm talking to them about it and they're like offering some interesting insight they know a lot about that with company for instance which is awesome shout out my boy hamza wherever he is <laughs> Yeah, I've never been, like, much of someone that watches many, like, and it's not anime, is it, but... Well, no, it's... it is anime. It is anime. Anime just means Japanese animation. Ah, uh, well, I'm not, I've never watched much of it, to be honest. The only animated stuff I watch is the... Well, that's a lie. The only, like, animated stuff that I watch regularly is the DC stuff, but I love animated films, though. They are quality, like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite animated film. Oh, animation's got such a range. Stop motion. Talking of stop motion, it's actually. There's a segment in one of the films we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Well, real quick before I do that, I just want to say the other list I'm working on, which is a bit shorter, that isn't taking as long, is I'm ranking all the Darren Aronofsky movies. Um, he's only done seven, so it's quite manageable. 
and I, I've seen them all. And obviously, you know, Black Swan is like one of Your, my top five favorites. Yeah, it is. It's a good As film. is Requiem for a Dream. I have both of those 10 out of 10. So I don't know if I've seen Any director. That. Oh, you've got them, man. It's on Amazon Prime. Any, any director that's made two 10 out of 10 films, I, I, that's, that's crazy. So I've done pretty well there. I've just written my, my Black Swan bit. So I'll hopefully have that published within a week or so. I'll Rec- share it with you. I'll share it with a few people. Calm. Rec- oh, we made Noah. See, I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of Noah. No, I fucking hate Noah. No one's yeah. bottom. <laughs> good i really didn't like that film he's a controversial one but he's so damn interesting and a lot of people his films like requiem for a dream is probably one of the hardest films to watch in terms of like subject matter and like what it shows but it's fucking amazing he's a mixed bag he's worked on quite a few documentaries as well from the looks yeah of it. Yeah, he's done. He's only done seven uh, full-length feature films, but he's worked on a bunch of other shorts and other things. Mm. So, you want to get into it? One last thing. What I've been seeing on um, YouTube recently is, you remember, I'm trying to think of his name, the director of Shazam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll get his name up. I've forgotten it. Um, oh, what is his name? Here it is. His name is uh, David Sandberg. That's it, David Sandberg. I watched his um, short, which he made, like the, which basically made him blow up. Mm-hmm. I just think it is amazing what he can do. Like, his animation skills are ridiculous. Did he animate it? No, he basically all the horror stuff was done through like this animation software he had which was ridiculous don't know how he did it it was uh-huh. he combined it all and it's just the man knew so much stuff but he was working on such like a small budget like i think it just it does come to show you can make great quality stuff if you know what you're doing yeah i find shorts in particular like that really interesting from like top directors like watching a a Paul Thomas Anderson short or a Safdie Brothers short, the recent one. I think watching people like that work on such a small scale, because I think short films can be really underappreciated. I think if you make a top short film, you, it's just when you don't have an idea for a feature film. And I think yeah. a lot of feature films are just dragged out short films that could be much better short films than what they actually are. So have you watched Lights Out, the short I, film that you made? I haven't watched Lights Out. I haven't. No. I know, I I, I know of it. Re- I would definitely recommend it. I mean, it's only two, two, two minutes, like two, two minutes thirty probably altogether. Yeah, that's the other thing about shorts, you can recommend them pretty easily. Yeah, but I think it just shows it's him and his wife that made it, and it's just they're a talented bunch of people. I think it just he's a he's very inspiring because he literally has become a director in Hollywood through YouTube, which is amazing. I think. Yeah, he seems like a very level-headed guy. He sounded chill when he was on the podcast with uh, Sardonicast. So, mm-hmm. Very level-headed, very down-to-earth guy. You could tell he, he like was very flustered when he got the job. He was like, he didn't know what he was doing. It was really humble. Well, yeah, once you got a job in a everyone. DC movie, you're set for life. I mean, I don't think I've watched his other two films, Annabelle Creation and Art as One More. But... Yeah, I don't know anything about um, those films. But yeah, so I'm down to talk to the next film now. Do you want to start with an Annihilation? 
Yeah, let's right. You can introduce do it. it. So, okay, I introduce. I'm introducing Annihilation. Yeah, um, I picked this because um, I'd seen Ex Machina, and Alex Garland's in a very interesting mind. I'd say I think that he's written on films before. So although these are his only two directorial uh, efforts, he has written for films like uh, Twenty Eight uh, Days Later and Sunshine. But what I thought was so interesting about Ex Machina was I thought for what he had, which was a very small scale story, he he did quite a unique film, really. And uh, it glued to a lot of people. And although I didn't love it necessarily, I was very interested to see where what he grows into. And Annihilation, to me, was a was a slight step above. Uh, Ex Machina, which not everyone agrees with. Both of the films are quite, quite controversial, but I liked Annihilation a lot, and I know you don't necessarily. So let's get to yeah. I mean, I enjoyed Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I can't speak. Ex Machina a lot. I found it really engaging, and to be honest, it left me wanting more. I was a bit annoyed that it was so short. I felt you could have explored a lot more things. How like, short was it? I thought it was like two hours. It felt short, which is a good thing, which means it wasn't bad. It didn't have any pacing issues, but how how long is X Machina? Oh, it's just under two hours. It's an hour 48. I don't know. I feel like it. he could have probably explored more, like a short time of seven days, wasn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it should have been longer than that. Because I just don't think the guy would be so gullible to be tricked in seven days. I think that was... Yeah, yeah, true. It's an interesting setting it over seven days. But then again, the guy did make me just leave the cinema. Well, cinema, I didn't watch it in the cinema. But leave my room thinking, I want to see more of this. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that. I thought um, I thought the the biggest issue perhaps was... I, I don't think it was as unique as it thought it was being. I thought it was pretty yeah. standard. I mean, AI machine taken over or, you know, outsmarting human has been done for a while now. Like, it's not a new concept. Definitely a new, a, a new like, spin on it, but not a new concept yeah. at all. And the things I like most were, I thought, Alicia Vikander and Oscar Isaac were both really, really great in their roles. And I thought they were really fun to watch on screen I thought they I thought the characters were actually written quite well as well I like the idea of Oscar Isaac's character being as as flawed as he was and I liked yeah. how I love I liked how it's not it's not actually as conventional a mad scientist as in many films there was a lot more a lot more realism I'd say to his character I liked that he was an alcoholic I thought it worked well I thought what he was doing with these AI creations was very was was the most unique part and told really interestingly, like that painting scene where he read the Asian robot. I thought that was really interesting stuff. Wait, the painting scene with the yeah, well you know you know the dance scene. Oh yes, yeah the dance Just scene. Before then. Yeah, where we were talking about the Picasso painting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I mean, I think the one difference between Ex Machina, well not one difference, but a key difference between Ex Machina and Annihilation is the characters. It's a lot more fleshed out in Ex Machina, whereas personally I felt in Annihilation the 
the characters weren't quite as well developed and I just didn't think the characters were that important to me. I think it was in Annihilation, it was just the overall like, concept and flow of the film more than the characters themselves. Yeah, you make a good you make a point there. Whereas then that's that's also the takeaway I took from Annihilation. But I took that in a more positive stance. I like that. The one thing I could say that was def was a definite difference was the scale. I thought really ramped up in ambition. I thought if you look at the scope of this film, Ex Machina was all in one set pretty much. There was a few like river yeah, waterfalls. It was basically just inside the little house, and then he'd go outside every few days to make it interesting. And then you go back inside. Yeah. And I don't think the cinematography was bad by any means. I liked the it, it, I it like how he fun. does it. He always does these like long lingering shots that that aren't ever still. They always have like this little bit of movement, like a little bit of fluidity, and I really I mean, it, appreciate it. It does that. help and it does work really well with the sci fi genre and like just the mm-hmm. mystery behind it. Just I think it just makes it that little bit more ambiguous. Just the constant long shots because you're kind of always wondering, your eyes are always like just scanning, seeing what's there always anticipating yeah i agree and i think that links with the film where i think the thing that that i do like about annihilation but um i guess could be seen as a weakness i like how ambiguous it is because i do feel it's so vague that you really could get pretty much anything you want out of it i think it's the kind of film that if you if you look at it in one sense uh, it could be identical to how someone else sees it or completely different and i feel that I feel that some of the interpretations I hear aren't like aren't quite as as interesting as some of the others. Mm. But people have thought of some really interesting like theories about this film, and I and I like that a lot. I mean, I haven't really looked up on the theories myself. If you want to expand on that, because I haven't actually looked online or anything about other people's theories. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'll get into that. I'll get into that into a little bit. Oh, okay, that's because cool. I, I just want to. I just want to get all my points up. I wrote some notes, by the way, because I watched this the other day. Well, you, did you watch it again? No, no, no. So oh, yeah, okay. I, I like um, refreshing my mind. I like watch like little clips and like got my notes oh, up right. to remember what it was like. Fair enough. Um, so I think I, I didn't mind the ambiguous. Ambi- I can't even speak English. Ambiguity in the film, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I just think it was a little longer than it needed to be, which was a. I felt it just helped me. I wasn't able to concentrate as much as I would like. Like, the subplots. Not the subplot. I think the characters annoyed me a lot. Mm hmm. I think. It was very in your face and predictable. I think some of the characters' motives and what was going to happen. Classic one by one being picked off. Yeah, I guess. And uh, Predictable is an interesting one, because what did you think of... I thought it was a strange choice to open it, um, the scene order, the way they showed it. Yeah, it it was quite weird, the way they opened the film with him back at the house. Oh, no, 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 I mean mean the... um, Because that was a bit earlier on, but I mean the bit when Natalie Portman, you see her, like, from the end perspective, where she's talking back, like, yeah, I was the only one that made it out alive. Oh, oh yeah. When, when and when you do that in a film like this, you take out yeah. all, you take out all tension at any point where someone could die because you're like, yeah, you you're, yeah, they're dead. Die. Goodbye. <laughs> the one that, thing I did like, issue. the one I did really like. I mean, I know it's just one thing, but I thought it was really, it was not clever, but I just enjoyed it. Was the bear? I thought that was really cool. 
That's a wonderfully made scene. It was, I think, it's well presented, and the way oh, it was just so eerie and beautifully made. The suspense, because for like a slight second, you're like, she's alive. <laughs> then, yeah, the effects, oh. the effects weren't always like phenomenal throughout, but most of the time they were, and that's one that I really thought was done well. That was that was terrifying creature. Honestly, that is horrifying. I must have been eaten alive. And then just the bear getting your voice and tricking your mates. That is. Yeah, I, I mean, I did like some of the characters. I agree that um, for the scope of them, I thought a lot of them were giving like quite, quite weak introductions because you know when Natalie yeah. Portman and I, I don't even know the other actress's name. They were on the boat. No, and they were talking about all their backstory. Ek. What? Um, sorry, is it? Am I right? Is it No Bornback's ex? Oh, oh, yeah, she, yeah, she was yeah. the. She What's was her name? I can't. For Jason Lee. That's it. I really didn't like her. Yeah, I can see that. She was, she was very one note in the film. It was just, it was very predictable. I'm going in because I'm dying. I've obviously been around the radiation and all this, and just I've heard it before. It's not unique. And she's normally a great actress i mean obviously she was doing it all in the film because she had the like the cancer so she was like i've got nothing like to live for kind of thing. yeah I see I what happens. but it's pretty it's a pretty standard narrative <sighs> mm. you're right i think i just need to stop hanging on to my problem with the characters if i can get past that i'll enjoy the film but was that the was that the only issue for you though because i think there's there is legitimate criticisms with this film <sighs> i think as long as that I think it a lot of people find the first the first act the boring, first... particularly I think like leading up to the leading up to the like reveal I guess of what's underneath. There's a, there's some corny dialogue and building up to like the I forgot what it's the like the you know the shield that they make the like blurry visual line before you go into there and then they wake up and they're like wow it's been like three weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like that was a bit yeah. I assume. I mean, I th- people have theories for that as well. I think it's like, um, it's more of a, it could be like a drug that like enchances you or something. Uh. But the theory that I like the most that was that was really interesting to me was the one about um, I can't get up on here. I thought I thought I screenshotted it, but it's about um, it being an analogy for war and the idea of going into this. Um, obviously, they are soldiers to an extent, but the idea of going yeah. into this unknown land it changing you no one from the outside world really knowing what it means and all the things it does to you in there and you don't come out the same i thought and there's a lot more nuances than that but i really do i do like that i think honestly. that's a strong angle to go at yeah i, do, I think it's a good angle to go and at. the fact they've all gone in so ill-prepared as well i think that really adds to it just for the fact that most people going into war are thrown in not yeah, exactly. many have you know been prepared Oh, and what did you think of the what did you think of the soundtrack at the ending particularly? Because I I remember you saying something about that before. Oh my god, I'm going to need to remind myself the music at the end. Oh, do you not remember? Because it kind of stuck with me quite a lot because you you compared the film to Under the Skin. Oh no, I remember it now. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It really was. It's just that. I don't know. Is it spoilers? <laughs> I mean, we've yeah, yeah, spoilers the whole time. I think the reveal of the alien thing at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. 
and then the the high pitch like just the high pitched kind of I can't remember if it was strings or if it was synths. I can't. Yeah, remember. lots of synth, lots of techno music. Yeah, I just think it really just kind of that chill down your spine, the eeriness, the kind of I don't know what is going on. Just mm-hmm. it did. There's a lot of parallels with Under the Skin. Now I yes. enjoyed Under the Skin a lot more than this. Uh, me too. Yeah, I did. Prefer. I can't. I can't lie. I didn't really. I didn't think there was a pacing. We're not gonna. We're not talking about Under the Skin. Just no. But yeah, that's a long one to get into. <laughs> that is a long one to get into. Um, I mean the soundtrack on that is perfect. To be that's honest, fast, like revolutionary for what it did. Yeah. For the type of film. I mean, I'm, that, I'm sure that that's a, definitely a direct like inspiration for the soundtrack for this. There's no yeah, way well, well, they actually used a pre-existing song in particular at the end, which I adored. It was from a group called Interlude, The Mark, and that was like a really hypnotic, eerie song. And I thought that was like incredible with the the, the almost, what was it, like a, a mirror, mirror reflection of the characters. Yeah. There's theories for what that is as well, whether that's Satan. I think there's definitely a. You can always take a religious. There's, wasn't there a lot of There's a lot of biblical stuff, wasn't there? Yeah, um, I remember um, Oscar Isaac's character was called uh, Cain. Oh yeah, in Ex Machina, there's loads of biblical. Yeah, I know in Ex Machina, there's tons. Yeah, but there's... in this there's too. Right? I mean, you look at the. I thought the the lighthouse at the end. Um, I thought there was definitely. But obviously there was the tunnel down and the tunnel up clearly showing heaven and hell yeah, heaven, and yeah. I, I, I did really think that the the creature definitely seemed like this satanic figure 100 percent. and i and i really liked and I, as i said the oscar isaac's name's cain which automatically brings along that religious connotation Cain and Abel. Yeah, makes you think that first... way and no, i mean the, the the purgatory that's what that's the view that i came ah. from this film I saw the annihilation as a form as of purgatory. You see yeah. them all kind of face um, the problems with their life. They talk about the one girl who like cuts her wrists uh, for the thrill of it. And you see one talking about how she um, her daughter died of cancer. And it's all these, and one that uh, broke up with her husband, I believe. There was all these sorts of um, regrets and, and anxiousness that you feel they needed to get off their chest. And I feel this definitely could have been a place of purgatory. That was my two cents on it. Now, big question at the end. Do mm. you think she escaped? The same as she was? Yeah, as in, do you think it is actually her, or do you think it's the alien-looking mofo? I think that, I mean, I thought with the eye visual effect, which was excellent, by the way, I thought that clearly showed that they're not the same. Yeah. And I feel what that means metaphorically is much more important than what that means literally i think the idea that they've changed the idea that they feel they feel almost distant now i think that definitely goes with the war analogy in the film i if that i thought that the creature was an interesting an interesting thing because it doesn't show the creature leaving but it does show that oscar isaac's previous character blew up and yet the other one left so it's like you're definitely like you're definitely not human at the end that's for sure but you're a changed <laughs> changed person i won't like i think the the actual visual effects it was really eerie i found it more threatening than any than the actual like scary creatures if you know what i mean so like the the crocodile which was ridiculous and then the yeah the bear 
I don't know what it was about it. The fact it just like mirrored everything. I don't know, but I I found something so like just creepy about it, and it really just got me, and I don't understand why. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I thought the tone, as you said, was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty interesting throughout. I I thought at the beginning, although they stupidly ruined any tension with that structure, but I th- I think it I think it still had elements of intrigue more than suspense necessarily but i was definitely interested where it was going to take me and i thought the i didn't expect that ending that's for sure i thought it was very interesting it did definitely get more um art house the the further we went along yeah which is which it's, which i loved about it it started off 100 percent blockbuster slowly went more and more yeah and i think that's we why along. some audiences didn't like it because i don't know how you market this film the way they did was definitely the wrong one. I would not call this like a a horror action film like it was marketed no. as, which was, I saw in the was cinema. It actually action, I mean, marketed as that. That's mad. Yeah, I saw the trailer in the cinema. I remember seeing something and um, it came up and it was definitely this like horror action. You see all the shots like the, the crocodile kind of thing and the bear. You don't see them, but you see all the like jumps kind of things, which aren't really in the movie. Bad That's marketing. really weird. Yeah. I'm just looking it up quickly. I want to see what it's technic like technically genre marketed as. I don't know what I'd call it to be honest. Maybe like a sci-fi thriller. Um, yeah, you could put it under thriller. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. I'd say it's more thriller than horror because there were horror elements. I, I, I didn't wouldn't think call it was a horror. horror. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Put, it's like Ex Machina. Some people say that's a horror, and I wouldn't ever put that in that bracket at all. Is Ex Machina a horror? On the, I swear they they called it horror on the podcast, Sardonicast, at one point. Crazy. Which I thought was a bit crazy, to be honest. <laughs> there, was, there was no, there was no sense of there was like. That was not horror at all. So anyway, do you have any closing thoughts on Annihilation? Right, I think you can't watch this film literally. I think I've learned that, so I'm gonna rewatch it and just forget about the characters. It sounds stupid, but I'm just gonna block out the characters <laughs> and just think about it. And yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think I was definitely I, 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 I see characters that. first time around. Uh huh. Because I think they just all distracted me from the film, which is not a good thing. When it I comes. mean, I mean, I mean, I I think it's very important to take that into account as well. I thought some of the characters were much worse than others. I thought, I thought the performances weren't that great by any of the. No, I like Tessa Thompson normally, and I didn't think she was too good either. <laughs> No, I don't know what was going on with her character in this. I think the only one I can argue is maybe Natalie Portman, to be honest. All the Yeah, I think people complained about her, but I thought she was still good in this. And I thought Oscar Isaac was fine for what he had to do. I always like watching him. Oscar Isaac's good in everything. I mean, good old Poe Dameron. She's just so good. Don't even use that as an example, man. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not bad, but, like... 
Yeah, I know what you mean. I was just taking the piss. Ex Machina, he was really good. But yeah, anyway. Great. I would, you, I would give it a, I gave it a seven out of ten. And it's, it's much more interesting. As I said, I feel it's one of those things that the more you put in, the more you can get out. And I think there were a lot of issues, and I want to see him build into his next film. I think every time, I think the two he's done now, he's really amped up the ambition. I think if he just makes a little more sound, a little a little more uh, focused and a little bit more... Um, I, I want him to keep doing sci-fi, definitely, because I think he's one of the more inventive minds out there right now. But I just want to make sure that yeah. he focuses on getting a, a good story and keep trying to go unique, keep trying, because I think one of these could definitely land as something really meaningful if he keeps going like this. I mean, I've heard that apparently he's working on that TV show. I, I can't remember what it was called, but the TV show they were talking about on the Oh, yeah, yeah, devs, yeah. And apparently that was really good. So yeah, I might, I might give that a watch in the next few days and see how. Did he direct it or did he just like write for it? Uh, I don't know. They might have changed every episode. He might have done all of them. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let's have a look. I also gave X Mark another seven for the reference. I think oh, Annihilation yeah. is like I think they're pretty equal in terms of how I view them. Maybe Annihilation. I don't know. They're about equal for me. For you, okay. For me, I think with X Machina, I've just, I'd give that a seven. I think the, it's a bit over the top. It thinks it's smarter than it is, but then again, it's also really interesting and keeps me on the edge of my well, not on the edge of my seat, but I'm always intrigued and I'm always wanting more, which is a great sign in the film. Mm. I thought it was really predictable as well, which most people don't, but. I mean, I, 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 it's I always going to happen, isn't it? Like, the the super-intelligent, super-AI is always going to outsmart the human. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's a trope. It's, I, mean, I mean, I thought it was foreshadowed the whole way through. Oh, yeah, 100%. But no one else seems to think so. They all, they all got duped. I mean, every, some of them worked. Some of the twists kind of got me, but I thought I, the ending was... The ending, I was like... And then she ends in that all... helicopter, and the helicopter driver accepts her. Yeah. Okay, let's that was, that. I, I didn't understand that because I can't remember. Was it? I probably should try to remember it, but was it the same um, pilot? Yeah, you assume so. Well, then why? He didn't get a sex change when he was there. Like, yeah. Maybe she like mind swiped him. I don't fucking know. Anyway, what would you give Annihilation? Nope. I'm stuck between a five and a six. I know I'm I'm offending you right now. It's but, all right, man. But a five or a six, but I feel like it can change if I rewatch it and just disregard characters. <laughs> Honestly. Can't disregard. I know you can't anything, man. <laughs> disregard it, but just try not to be as distracted because I know what's happening now, so I can just focus on the film's messages. Mm-hmm. I think I'll give it a six, but I might change it and I'll get back. If I do change it, I'll mention it next time. Okay, and Alex Garland, keep going. Come on, I like your mind. Keep keep thinking. Yeah, keep going. I think he's he's doing well with what he's done. He's two for two right now in my books. Although they're not great, he's made two solid films. Make a great one. Make a great... How long has he been directing? Well, I know these are his two, first two um, direction, uh, type directorial films. Oh, he's written loads, though. He's written loads. Okay, so he's 50 years old, so he, he's still got plenty of time left. <laughs> Right, so 
Do you want to move on to the next film then? Or do you want to take a quick break? I don't know. Nah, no, nah, I'm fine if you are. Nah, I'm all good. You 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 definitely introduced this after a comment you you left me after seeing this film. Jesus. <laughs> okay. I've revisited my thought and it's still up there, but I'm I don't think it overtook that film. Mm, you know, marriage story. But we'll talk about it later. Um Right, so the film I picked was a film I stumbled across on Netflix, you know, with quarantine, just been sitting in, inside all day. So I was scrolling through and saw this film, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, directed by Alfonso Gomez. This guy, oh my gosh, he adds, he just adds, like, the creative arts to a teen, just a teen flick, basically, which is... A combination I didn't think I'd ever see. Think a fault in our stars, just better. <laughs> Ten times better. <laughs> and made by someone who actually cares and gives a shit. So, the, the story as it goes, you've got a high school called Greg. He's quite an awkward guy. I think the, the actor that played him was really relatable, Thomas Mann. I think he was perfect for the role, to be honest. He really hit it on the head. He comes across as a really relatable guy. You know, it, it feels like he could be any of any of us, to be honest, because I'm quite an mm-hmm. awkward guy. <laughs> um, and then Earl, but played by R.G. Um, Siler. I think he was the funniest character for me. I don't know about you. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. He was. Okay. I, I, I don't think. I don't think he was my favorite. Funniest. Okay, that's fair enough, that's fair enough. So, he has just been chilling around high school, and his parents tell him that his mate... Well, not his mate, he's probably talked to her, like, twice. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. They're not really mates, that's the thing. He barely knows her, he just knows of her. And his parents sit him down and tell him she's got leukaemia. And say Mm -hmm. they want him to go over to her and just be friends with her, basically, while she's, you know got leukemia and she's gonna be very lonely yeah and it goes on from there doesn't it there and then it starts there and then it just shows there. the evolution of the friendship basically which was forced upon at first and then just kind of fruited into its own thing which was just magnificent to be honest okay so here's how i see it um <laughs> i i do i do like the film i the I don't think it's particularly uh, innovative, and I don't think it's particularly. It, it it talks at the beginning. You see the narration throughout, and I like what you said about um, the lead man, Thomas. Man, I do agree. He was very likable. It does almost feel at this point that any character like that is almost just a Michael Sarah like impression. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh my gosh, I. <sighs> But it, he was still likable yeah. in it. Because, I mean, every character... I mean, it's like him and Jesse Eisenberg did it loads. And now he, this guy has done it. It is. Um, I love Jesse. So. Yeah. But the thing is, the thing is, to me, it had this whole ring to it throughout. Um, where it's like, this is what would have happened if it was a love story. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this is what was happened. But this actually happened kind of thing. And um, we won't get into spoilers now. Or can, can we? Um, I don't... Maybe just not for like a little bit more, but yeah, okay. Um, he, 
I I thought it try it it constantly told you that it wasn't going by the books, but it was still very by the books. I thought the there was a classic like um plot convenience that happens in all the teenage films halfway through. You know what's gonna happen. You know the characters are gonna fall out at one point, make up, blah blah blah. And there was one thing obviously that shocked you, which which I'll say why it shocked people in a bit, which I don't like. But um, tell me what you liked about it first, because there are some things to really like about this. Okay, I think the thing that got me was the presentation of this film. I think that's my favourite part. The way mm-hmm. they've intertwined just the, the animation, it was just, they you stop motion. I loved mm-hmm. the way the cinematography was, I think, beautiful in my eyes. I think it's the first teen film I've watched where I've actually enjoyed the camera work as well as the film. Because normally... Well, can with I shout teen... out my boy real quick? Go and shout out your boy, because I know you know a lot more about the cinematographer than I do. Let me let me get his let me get his name up so I get it right. This cinematography, this cinematographer, sorry, is my absolute boy. He he did the cinematography for loads of Park Chan Wook films like Old Boy and The Handmaiden, and he's done a few other. He actually did It, which I didn't know before this. He did, but it. He did it, and he's done he's done every Park Chan Wook film, and this. This man is amazing and he's done some like slightly worse films so you do need a good director to like properly boost it but what he did in this at first I thought it was a little unnecessary some of the crazy shots he was doing but towards the middle and onwards it was like really interesting and he did this one shot real quick where he he did a a, a tracking shot of back and forth and back and I was like this is incredible oh, is that, is that the one around the house no that's not the one I'm thinking of it was one by the school but yeah, but he's. I'm not. There's probably more because there was so many shots I was wowed by in this film, and I love that man. Anyway, keep going. You can keep going on what okay. you like. Right. I really. And I. So with the conversations as well, I like the way he shot the conversations. It wasn't as simple as the simple, the 180 degree rule, just cut between it, as most of them are. Shot I love reverse the way, shot. Yeah, shot reverse shot. I just loved how he always kind of just whipped the camera between the cameras, kind of it gave the film character and it kind of emphasized the personality i think of the characters onto the actual camera work it was um, certainly personality <laughs> sorry i couldn't really hear that cut out what did oh, you say sorry. i said there was certainly a lot of personality <laughs> honestly i really like the tone of the film i think it was it was consistent until okay yeah, i thought spoilers. it was consistent i thought it was consistent yeah it was consistent um, yeah, yeah, go spoiler, go spoilers. Yeah, it was consistent until the end, but that was... Yeah. You can which see I'll that talk, happening. I'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, I thought the characters in general were well-developed. The the relationships between those characters, I think, were really well-made. <laughs> I found, actually, the the mum of, the, of um, Rachel, I found her quite funny, actually. Because she was, like, awkwardly nice to Greg. And it was just really funny. I don't I don't know what I found so weird about it. But she was always just, just there and all over him. I guess because she hasn't had a man around for a while or something. I don't know. It was yeah, weird. Yeah, she was, she, was she was very excited to have him. Uh, my, my biggest... My the thing I was talking about was um I talked about the narration throughout and how he said this happened this didn't happen. 
Oh yeah. He says twice that she doesn't die, and he's just straight up lying. <laughs> I know he is and straight up like, lying. I was like, this is what I'm, I, I saw. I, I saw that at the end when she did die, and I was like, you've, you've just broke. said this whole film. I'm not gonna be like everyone else. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna do the standard fault in our stars ending. We're not gonna kill her, whatever. And then I was just like. I haven't seen Four in Our Stars, by the way. I assume that's how it ends. I know everyone likes it, but I don't think I would. Um, <laughs> and um, the ending, and I was just like, yeah, you've just fallen. You just said you weren't going to do this. Like, and now you've just fallen into your own trap. And I thought it was endearing, but I was like, I was like, really? <laughs> you did not talk on a, a few heartstrings, though. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I thought the points were good. And I thought the reason it worked was, as you said, I thought the lead male was, was, was really good. And I thought the lead female was... Olivia so Cook. Who has I a really her thick Northern accent. <laughs> yeah. Her accent was great because she's English. Yeah, really thick Northern, and you cannot tell in this because I didn't know beforehand. Yeah, it wasn't. Is she Geordie or something? I, I can't remember. It's. I think cause I, I watched an interview and yeah, she had a same. really thick Northern accent. I don't think it was Geordie, but it was it was definitely very thick North. Yeah, I don't know where precisely. So. I think. I'm trying to think of any of the weaknesses in the film. Okay, well, that's a, a couple more I've found because I thought the, uh, like I said, I thought a lot of the plot structures were just so. I thought when they fell out, I thought that was so forced. You kind of need that. You need I, it for the. I thought the cat, um, obviously, the girl suffering from cancer, I was like, obviously, she's going to be in a very messed up place mentally and him being next to her, they're obviously going to have this conflict at some point. But I thought, particularly the one with Earl. I thought he was just randomly really unlikable towards the second third act of the film. I didn't I didn't see his character was kind of painted out like yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Why are you being so selfish? But I was like the guy isn't really being very selfish at all and he was like and, and Earl was painted as this like yeah, you tell him man and I'm like I don't know. I just thought he was randomly an asshole halfway through and I'm like I didn't I didn't really think it I didn't think that conflict worked and I thought it was just plot point Let's force it in. I mean, I I will agree. It was a plot point just to tick a box because they needed conflict. Yeah, bearing in mind has it. They were they were best mates, weren't they? From when they were like four or something, which is ridiculous. And you don't get into that mm, many arguments. Cultures. Yeah. Which made sense. Like that's the one thing I did say. I was like, when he got like, I I thought it made sense. Like when he was getting like aggressive and stuff, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. And when he got angry at him for certain things, I was like, this makes so much sense because you're in, you're in this upbringing, etc. However, I just thought the conflict that came because he was like, yeah, how do you not see? You're being really selfish. You don't you you you're, you don't like her. It's not about you. Yeah. 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 I was like I was like, what the fuck? The guy's more than you are. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I thought I, I like the film. I like the film element quite a bit. I thought that created some of the most humorous moments. Honestly, there was a vertigo that, recreation that made me die laughing at one I actually, point. I actually loved all the the remakes. Apparently, you can find a few of the, like the actual clips of the films online somewhere. I tried to find them, but because there's a clip of the director talking to um, Martin Scorsese. Was it Scorsese? Yeah, that was played in the film, was it? Because I heard of it, Scorsese. Yeah. I think it's talking about Howland Pressburger, who I love. Yeah, and I think he was talking about how you can find some clips online of the films they made. So how many films? Was it 42? Wow, good memory. It was definitely something like that. It was like 42 spoof, basic spoof titles. Yeah, and they got creative with the names. I love that. 
And apparently the, the director genuinely spent days and days and days just thinking of them. <laughs> just thinking of the titles. <laughs> like, the guy would spend days, he'd be, like, up at night thinking of them. And I just found, like, just the attention to detail with this film as well, I think, was great. Making... Yeah, they had, like, a Citizen Kane one and they had, like, a Nose for that one. I thought that was, like, oh, that was, that was clever. <laughs> Honestly... I mean, another thing I loved was the the cross animation in it, the stop motion. Yeah, they did that every time the the girl showed up, not the cancer one, the, the, the cancer one. The, <laughs> the, the, you mean the designated hot girl? Yeah, exactly. Do you not oh. think she... Do you know who Addison yeah, Rae is? No. No, look up Addison Rae, right? I think that she looks like her, and it was really weird at first. I was like, is this Addison Rae? And then I realised this film's five years old, and I was like, it can't be. But it was really weird at first. But um, wow, yes, wow, yeah. isn't it? It's really weird. Is that her? <laughs> I is thought that it was. Her? I, no, it's not. It's not. I promise. It's really Jeez. weird. At first, it like hit me, and I was like, "What?" I didn't know who that was, but yeah, I just looked. That's weird, isn't it? Um, but she was also really attractive to the cancer patient. So I was kind of like, "Geez," he was like, "This isn't a romance story," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm honestly surprised, dude." <laughs> I think he was just too awkward. That was the problem. It wasn't that he... I reckon he did have feelings for her. He's just such an awkward guy. He didn't know how to convey them. And he just knew it was a dying yeah, corpse. Yeah, probably. Sorry, not... Not art. Oh, okay, but... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Poor <laughs> use of words. <laughs> Hugh Heath Ledger. <laughs> no. Stop. Oh, man. Um, I yeah, so... I where we were. <laughs> neither do I. Um... Yeah, the animation. So there was whenever she turned up, and then it's didn't it? There's a starting piece as well, wasn't there? Yeah, I did a bit at the start. I don't, I don't remember what that was though. Oh, I, it just, I think it just, it just looked great to be honest. I just <laughs> love the cross of the mediums, because I don't see that much. I can't remember the last film I watched where they crossed mediums like that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. A, a nice thing to do it, it and it worked with the very playful tone in this film and i i thought it was very consistent to that i definitely did um i'm just trying to think so what what do you think is the film's biggest flaw then because i'm kind of blinded by the fact i'm blown away by yeah this yeah you love it lot. so my, as i said my biggest flaws was i thought i thought for something that was trying for something that was stating often that it wasn't by the books I thought it was very by the books coming of age story high school film I feel there's there's these plot points that creators feel they have to tick and although there some conflict works in this film I thought particularly the one between him and Earl completely forced I thought they made Earl look like a dick for no reason and then afterwards to justify it they made the main character also like he just had this like tantrum to his mum where he was like a dick for no reason I was like to justify oh like being the correct one you've just tried to like out of character make the main character like different to how it acts I don't think it was always consistent character wise necessarily however I do think the tone was consistent which is which is more important but I I had issues with some of the character conflicts particularly that I felt could have been much better in a film like this I thought all of the moments between the main two worked really well but i didn't find the dad funny at um i know you found no, the mum funny i didn't think she was I that funny the, i thought they were all a the bit dad eh. was a bit annoying yeah like, I what mean, was I, his 
It was uh, this, he just randomly showed up and was like, "Yeah, man, I like Nick, off, Asian Nick Offerman." Food. I mean, I know he's a, he's a good actor. I'm pretty sure I've seen him in quite a few good things. Um, he's in a lot of TV shows more than anything, but normally he's not too bad. But in the, at Fargo, that's where I recognise him from. We Fargo. did not need comic relief in a film that's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. <laughs> he was just annoying to me. I wrote in my notes here. Just I have I have these detailed comments and just Dad was not funny. We'll stop. <laughs> Honestly, but I, I did like how they kind of Earl grew up in his house, which I thought was quite nice. Well, did you like it? Because I don't see many other people like too clearly criticizing that. But I really thought it was a was such a was so weird. The um, when he says the whole way through, yeah, but she doesn't die, and then they just like strap killer at the end, like, and it's like, th- oh well, now it's really sad. Yeah, it's not sad any. Anyway, like we're not we're not going to follow the books and be like every other one where the cancer patient dies. We're going to say she doesn't die and then do a twist on you. I was like, that's just cheap. It's cheap. But would it be more cheap if it was a happily ever after though? And he just kind of she survived. They she, were, got cured. she got cured. Basically, you know, she was on a deathbed and he went, oh, I'm actually your same blood type. I'll give you some of my bone marrow. <laughs> and then like solved. No, I, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, she, she could have just died normally. And I would not have been like, wow, she dies at the Do end. You know what? Formulaic. In, instead of her dying of cancer, she gets hit by a bus. That, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I guess, as you said, it kind of goes both ways. If she died at the end, I don't think I'd have criticised it for being formulaic. I maybe, unless it did something like cliche about it if she just died naturally like has happened in other films i don't complain about that it's when it was when it either does it in a cliche way for instance if she like had her like dying words like i love you <laughs> yeah. something like I, that. I quite liked the the um the way she died though with, yeah, with yeah. the film in the background and it was just been an overlay pretty much Mm-hmm. I just I agree I completely agree I just think that would have been equally as powerful if they didn't try and do a twist on you that she did die in the end would you would you have this problem if you just didn't lie to us the whole film no no I, I like I said I thought the way she died was very was very bittersweet which was excellent yeah. and the funeral scene I thought was excellent as well I thought the I thought the actor I re- did a I great see. job great job the, the lead actor yeah I really enjoyed the the last scene was it was the all the bedroom scene? I can't remember if that was the last scene of the film or not. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty much then. And I liked how you know she came back from the grave and got him back into to college slash. Yeah, it's really sweet. I, I I thought it was a really endearing film on the whole, and I think it's the kind of film you could show. And as long as people aren't too upset about the cancer thing, they could. Everyone will enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I've recommended it to a few people, and I don't. I haven't had a bad review yet. But then again. Some of them have enjoyed. Mine isn't a bad review, by the way. It's still, it's is still, it... it's still positive. I just have a lot of issues with it, and I don't think it's that. Okay, this is interesting. I want to hear your your rating then. What is your overall rating of the film? Well, how would you? Firstly, how would you compare this to other coming of age films? Because I mean, this definitely isn't my genre. I know some people love this. I liked Lady Bird, but people like think Ferris Bueller's Day Off is like the Fer- best film ever and i think it's like a six out of ten <laughs> i mean i i really do like ferris bueller don't get me wrong but i wouldn't ever class it top like one of the greatest films ever i think yeah. it was genre defining 
yeah, it's not. Just, it's not one of my favorite genres, as I said. I thought I thought Lady Bird, which everyone loved as well, was fell into a similar boat where I liked that one a tad more, but I felt again it had like the falling out over stupid stuff, and I'm like, jeez. Oh, I do not. You you just you just giving me thoughts about Ferris Bueller. I do enjoy the film, <laughs> but um, I think Ferris Bueller's got that um vintage kind of not vintage, but um like homage kind of thing where a lot of teen films do try to just pay homage pretty much oh yeah like like nostalgia yeah i, I yeah, agree that's people, it nostalgia people, that was the word it's, I was got, it's got good style it's got good style but i just think that again i just don't think it's anything special i it's not it's not my thing i guess a lot of it comes down I mean, to it, personal preference. it was like the biggest film of its time like it was massive it was like a massive hollywood hit yeah the genre definitely so in the so for the genre, um, I do enjoy myself a few teen films. I won't lie, nine they are shit. Ninety percent of them. Oh yeah, people love eighth grade as well, which I really like, but I don't eighth love it grade. at all. I gave that Ooh. six out of ten as well. I gave all these films six out of tens. I'm sorry. I mean, there's worse ones that I'd give lower than that, but all of the ones people say are great, I use these six. I think Lady Bell I gave a seven. I'm trying to think of a great teen film I've watched. Like great, like this is. Obviously, well, this, I think yeah, this, the, this is my highest of all of them. But I'm just thinking of something that's. I think in general, teen films aren't the best. I just they're guilty pleasures more than anything. Yeah, often they're not. They're not great, are they? Because no. Um... Let me look. I'll look at my highest rated film. See if there's any good teen ones in there. I don't think so. Actually, let me, yeah, let me just go into my watch list. Speaking of good kid films, I watched Stand By Me yesterday, which was pretty decent for kid performances. There's a lot of good TV shows, but it's not the same. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mind coming-of-age films. And I know people people are very, like, um, bored with coming-of-age films. Like, someone called, like, Donnie Darko or coming of age film which i didn't agree with but really? people are very people are very broad of coming of age films i think i feel like coming of age film you just have to tick change basically over a set amount of time as long as they're not too old there you go yeah coming of age uh, um can we call goodwill hunting a coming of age film i know i wouldn't <laughs> if you saw him in school and stuff i I think you would, but I think he was at, it was more of a therapist one-on-one. Yeah. Um, Great film. Oh my gosh, I've realised I genuinely don't, as as much as I watch a lot of teen films, I never rate much of them, because... <laughs> what did you rate Ferris Bueller's? Uh, Ferris Bueller's like a seven for me, I think it's just so, like, nostalgic for me, I can't... Oh, I guess Moonlight's actually a coming-of-age film as well, oh, which yeah, I love. Moonlight. Moonlight's a great film. Um, the Incredibles. <laughs> don't ever diss The Incredibles, man. That's a that's that's like a. Oh my gosh, you can't even. I haven't rated it because I don't want to. In my eyes, really? it will always oh, be I rate everything. <laughs> oh, Mary and Max. Have you seen Mary and Max? I have. Stop motion film. Oh, you would love that. It's stop motion. It's one of the funniest oh. films. It's got Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, and that's like it's it's kind of coming of age for the young girl in it. So it's yeah, that's great. Is Shrek? No, Duke. Back to the Future. I love Back to the Future. 
Yeah, again, I, I, I like it a lot. People, that's another film. People love those kind of films, and I like that one a lot, but it's like, it's just I not mean, quite I mean, it gets thing. worse as you go along, obviously, one, two, and three, but yeah. that's how it works, basically. Anyway, so what you go first, I think, actually, because you really love this. Now, my gut instinct is to give it some next-level high rating, but I know it's not a perfect film, but I... I'm going to give it a nine, just because I think the camera works quality. I think the characters are really lovable. The relationships are really well balanced. The comedy's good 90% of the time. The jokes land. There's a few. Actually, who we haven't talked about is the teacher. I really... Uh, oh, I re- John Banthorpe, yeah, of course. Yeah. I really like Mr. McCarthy. I... Th- mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed his character. He was like a, a father figure to them both. When they of... acted like he drugged him at one point, yeah, that was that hilarious. Was, that was so good with the with the cookies and they're like, we we ate his soup, had <laughs> weed in it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, it could have been that or the cookies from the drug dealer. I don't know. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh wait, wait, wait! One more funny line that I missed out, and um, real quick, and. Um, you know, at the beginning when he was going through and he's like almost friends with everyone, but he's not actually got any like real oh, friends yeah, other yeah. than Earl, really. And when he walks past her and um, do I have the line? Oh, I didn't write it down, but it was something like um, it was like it was like, yeah, tests. Am I right? Oh, yeah, that was really <laughs> funny. He walks past the girl and there's um, what's it called Rachel. He walks past Rachel. This is when like they're not really friends. He barely knows. her. he's just doing his classic. I'm friends with everyone thing. And uh, her mate was talking about the leukemia test, and she was like, so your test was today? And he walks past as casually. He's like, oh, so your test was today? I've been there. And just walks off. <laughs> no idea that it was cancer. T- that, is, that is funny. And then he, it finally clicks later on in the film when his mum tells him, and he's just like, shit. Uh, this is, I think that was, that was really funny, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think I'm going to give it a nine. It's pretty. That's pretty high, man. You like you like it a lot. Did you say it was one of your one of your favorites? Did you say, or have you taken that back slightly, or are you still going there? No, I still think it's one of my favorite films. It's definitely up there. At first, I think I was taken back, but now I've had time to digest it. I think it's not as good as Marriage Story. I don't know why I ever tried to think. Is that your favorite film? Yep. Wow. It's mad. <laughs> Then last time we spoke, you still put Parasite above it. Parasite, it's now been Parasite's dip just below, but I still enjoy Parasite. Parasite's still top five. Is Dark Knight still there, of course? A hundred percent, of course, of course. Is Marriage Story top Dark Knight? That's pretty cool. I actually, I just love um, the Dark Knight. I can't lie, Christopher Nolan, love him. Wait, I can't deny I'm on the Marriage Story train. I, I do love that film. I remember, I remember I watched it after you told me and I just was blown back and I literally have never been blown back by a film the way I have with Marriage Story. It was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, you adore that film. I think it's just a combination of, of everything I love. Like, the music was I thought, oh, perfect in that film, honestly. Perfect. Andy Newman. Uh, Andy? Andy. Randy. Andy's his brother. No, Randy Newman. Wait, 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 wait. So the composer of Toy Story was the brother the whole time? <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, anyway, um, 
so yeah like as i said with me and earl and the dying girl i i thought it was was endearing i i enjoyed it a lot i thought the cinematography um was was very inventive for sure but other than that i thought it was quite by the books so um i gave it a six out of ten i think a lot of it was (laughs) i'm sorry um (laughs) but uh, yeah i thought it was very um I thought I, I understand why a lot of people love it, and there is a definite. It seems like a cult fan base for it, but yeah, I I would, I'd give it a six out of ten. <laughs> that was. <laughs> Some of that's personal preference, definitely. Yeah. Some of that is definitely personal, but a lot of yeah. it I do think is quality. I do, as I said, I don't. It's not my favorite genre, but, but as a film, I don't think it's like a standout among the lot for me personally. That's that's fair enough, mate. You have your own opinions. You enjoyed Annihilation a lot more than I did, and I enjoyed yeah. this a lot more than you did. So, fair enough. Honestly, you've done this twice now. You sound like Ralph every time you rate a film. I thought I sounded like Alex last time. Do I sound oh, sorry, like Alex. Alex. My combination no. of all of them. Just, just, all, just throw them all in there. Why not? <laughs> I'll give it a six out of ten. Just, just relax. Right, so do you want to pick a film for next time, or would you like time just to think on that? Yeah, and get nah, back we'll, to think, we'll think about that next month or whenever we do it. Yeah, I'm down whenever. Whenever we talk. Yeah, I've got an hour and a half now to kill, waiting for the fight, UFC 249. Yeah, I'm asleep. <sighs> you, yeah, you can sleep, mate. Right. Uh, I'm a, um, yeah, maybe I'll have... One of, maybe I'll have my Aronofsky list by that by next time. We'll see. Hopefully. I should have it done in like a week or two, I think. Hopefully. We still need to come up with a name as well. I, I don't think we'll ever will. <laughs> I, the, the nameless podcast is just never going to come. 